let us do this thing. All right. Welcome back to True Crime Trine, the podcast where the planets align, three friends chat true crime, astrology, and any other weird bullshit they can fit into this podcast. We are your hosts, Hannah and Meredith. Sarah's missing. Sarah's uh, chained to a microscope right now, trying to finish her PhD. Poor Sarah. (laughs) She's super excited about it and she loves it. Don't tell her I said this, but I think electron microscopy is one of the most fucking boring things in the world. (laughs) I am just not a microscopist to begin with, but um, she's having a great time learning all about it. She has to go to Berkeley and whatever. It's a full day affair. So I'm sure she would much rather be here with us drinking. Yeah, I don't think she likes microscopy like that much. Like it's 830 at night and she probably doesn't have a beer with her in the microscope room. Yeah, (laughs) I mean, I guess that's challenge accepted, Sarah. Can you get a beer in the microscope room? But it is a very expensive piece of equipment and um, (laughs) we might burn some bridges at Berkeley if you... Fry the um. <laughs> they wouldn't take kindly to. Oops, I spilt my beer. My what now? Uh oh. <laughs> uh, yes. So we are a twofer for this week's episode, which is episode forty-four. Woo! We're 10 weeks away from 54. What does that mean to you? A year. There's 54 weeks to the year, or is it 52? Oh, is it 52? <laughs> oh, we're eight. Fi- I think Jesus. It's- <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was going to say. Why was I thinking 54? Uh, I guess I was going to say. I love weird, like 44. Love that number. It was my basketball mm-hmm. number in high school, and it's also my episode number, so it's all working out perfectly. But 52. Yay. Okay, 52. Sorry. It's late and I've been drinking. 52 <laughs> weeks. So we're eight from a year. We're eight from a year. That's bonkers. I should it is. update the Twitter. Yeah, we kind of lack in social media skills, but we'll get there someday. Someday. <sighs> we'll do. I do have housekeeping. Okay. Because I heard on Plants Are Optional that I edit all the burp, or I keep all the burps in. Ha! And I actually do not. Specifically, when I drink and Sarah drinks certain alcoholic beverages. So I cut in the last two episodes over 36 burps from <laughs> audio, just so you guys are aware of how much we actually burp. So there's that. I actually was just listening to this week's episode so I could take some notes for the website. And then I was like, I seem to remember there were a lot more burps. <laughs> the one thing I remembered was like that whatever you were drinking was giving you the burps. Oh, it was bad. It was so, <laughs> it was so, so much. bad. Even I was like, damn, that's too much. Girl, calm down. Oh, yeah. So I didn't get that particular beverage this week. I went for a different one. So I think I will be good. 
I'll say the episode that we recorded for Plans Are Optional on Monday, which I have no idea when it's coming out because I we're ahead of schedule, but... Yeah, probably like June. Yeah, you know, <laughs> it's actually a pretty good one. Tom brought us a... What's it called? When you meet people and you're supposed to tell them things about yourself. Oh, like an icebreaker? Like an icebreaker, yeah. Okay, fun. <laughs> so we don't talk about burps, but we will talk about farts. <laughs> the burp of the butt. Yep. So there we go. All right. So what do you got for us for episode 44? Well, I wrote a script last night and I realized today that it was one of the most boring things I've ever written in my life. Oh, no. (laughs) And trust me, I have written self-insert Little House on the Prairie fan fiction. So I've written a lot of stuff no one wants to read. (laughs) This might take the cake. It sounded super cool. It was about glitter crimes. Glitter? I might come back to it at some point, but I was just like, oh, this is bad. (laughs) So I did use the um, Christmas break to kind of throw some rough notes together for some of the books that I've been reading. And so I was going to just wing it on the rough notes for a story today. But then one of my analyses crashed at about 4.30 this afternoon, so I decided that I could write a script instead. Okay. So... I threw a script together super fast, but since I did the Christmas break work, you know, I was prepared, which is what I was hoping would happen when I did the Christmas break work. So. Well, you're better off than I am because I did not do any Christmas break work, but you don't get to do Christmas break podcast work when you've got a six-year-old. Yeah, because then there's like Christmas and whatnot. Yeah, I have yes. a couple of these, but I'm not. I'm going to try to space them out before they get too repetitive. But we are... Gonna fall back onto one of my old standbys and go back in time. Yay! And so I've been watching season two of The Great on Hulu. Have you watched it at all? No, uh uh-uh. All right, well, it's about Catherine the Great. Uh, Okay. A loosely based on historical, like, drama comedy. It's really actually pretty funny. I like it a lot. Okay. So we're gonna go back to Russia in the 1700s. Oh, wow. We're going back back. To some name names. So, let's meet Daria Nikolaevna Saltikova. Hello, Daria. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ooh, ow! You're so, like... Hi, buddy. Nails are, like, so pokey right now. All right, so Daria was born in March 1730, oh. which makes her either a Pisces or an Aries. I'm leaning towards Aries, But no offense to our Aries listeners. (laughs) Hi, Mom. (laughs) But I'm just making this call by saying that Aries are usually much more externally energetic and outwardly passionate than a Pisces, which is more inwardly energetic, a little more dreamy, Mm -hmm. and can be a bit more quiet. And so Danya definitely was loud and proud and went for what she wanted. Okay. Uh, And Aries are also fiercely independent. Yes. Again. Hi, Mom. Uh, well, it's great for Pearl. It's also great for any future young widow to have. Okay. So, Daria was born into the nobility. And then when Ooh. she was married, she got elevated even higher. And so it was definitely a great social match for Daria. She climbed up a rank or whatnot. Yep. She married Gleb Alexandrovich Saltikova. Okay. Who was the captain of the Cavalry Regiment of the Russian Imperial Guard. And 
through this marriage, she was introduced to a higher echelon of society. So this brought increased status and somewhat stability to her life, but also probably a considerable amount of pressure and stress as she learned to navigate in these new circles. Sure. I mean, if I had to choose, I'd be a Russian nobleman before I'd be a Russian serf, but I don't think they were having that great of a time either way. Yeah. Oh, yes. One more thing. Russian history is not my strong spot. (laughs) Me Uh, neither. (laughs) I was going to say, I was thinking back all of my high school history classes. We never got past like 1899. And so like... (laughs) I did a few like European history classes, but it never like went over to Russia. I did a history of England class, but it was no Russia either. So so when I'm watching The Great Two, I'm just like, what the fuck is happening? And I pull up the Wikipedia page. But the Wikipedia page is so fucking long. I'm just like, I can't do this right now. I'm watching I'm watching TV. So yeah, I still don't know that much about Catherine the Great, but here we go. Uh, so Daria and Gleb managed to have two sons, Theodore and Nicholas. We'll never hear from them again. Oh, no. Gleb died in 1756 when Daria was just 25. Okay. So she was suddenly a wealthy young widow with two young children and two very sizable estates, one in Moscow and one in Troitskoye. Whoops. Troitskoye? Troitskoye. (laughs) Oh, God. You got me. (laughs) Well, she had two estates in Russia. Mm Mm-hmm. That came complete with serfs. Lots and lots of serfs. So, just as a little history refresher, serfs were Russian peasants who lived and worked on a nobleman's land. And for the privilege of living on that land, they owed their proprietor labor, money, like rent, or both. Okay. To technically, serfs were not slaves, as they could hypothetically save up to buy their freedom. But stories of serfs being able to do this are few and far between. It's kind of like the crop-sharing farmers, the pre-crop-sharing farmers. It's going to get a little worse, I think, for these serfs. Okay. So, during this time in Russia, wealth and influence wasn't measured by how much land one owned or how much money one had, but by how many serfs worked for you. Okay. And so the mid-1700s was the time of peak serfdom in Russia. Uh, Instead of a flashy car or an expensive watch, serfs were how you publicly flashed your money and power. Do you just parade them around town? Kind of. The richest noblemen prided themselves on their surf orchestras and surf ballets. Oh, okay. Well then. Yeah, well, it wasn't all songs and dancing for the serfs, though. Serfs were also referred to as souls, and a few years before Daria was born, an imperial decree was announced that said that nobles were under no obligation to treat their souls like humans, but that, quote, proprietors could sell their peasants and domestic workers, not even in families, but one by one, like cattle, end quote. Oh, so you could sell the dad and then sell the mom and then sell the children individually going a lot more towards slavery that's why it was a, that's why it was a very long technically mm-hmm. uh nobles were not allowed to actually kill their serfs that's good but physical punishment was just fine but the preferred method being a thick russian leather whip called a nout i don't know okay 
In one of the most bizarre cases, uh, an aging noblewoman had kept her hairdresser locked in a cage in her bedroom. The noblewoman didn't want her society friends to know that she wore fake hair, and her hairdresser was the only person who could out her. So she got to live in a cage. Uh, okay. And serfs had no way to defend themselves under the law, so they were forced to live under a law of oppression, which was fueled by the fear of the noblemen extremely paranoid about a murderous uprising. So, to protect themselves, they strip the serfs of any rights and any feelings of safety. Wow. Yeah. So, bad. Not fun. No, not a good time. It sounds like even before her husband died, Daria was intense with her serfs. Uh Uh-oh. She had a hair-trigger temper and was obsessed with cleanliness which was a terrible combination for anyone unlucky enough to work for her as a domestic servant. I can imagine. And Daria wasn't that different from other nobles who were also punishing their serfs for the slightest infractions. But Daria didn't know how to stop once she got started. And so she would lock her main servants in an empty hut and starve them for days. All of, like, the serfs, their clothings would have bloodstains on them. Can't really afford to buy new clothes. Once there was a cart that left the estate, and when the villagers peered inside, they saw the body of a servant girl whose skin was flayed and whose hair had been ripped out. Well. Yeah. So these fatal beatings began around 1756. Which okay. was also the year that her husband died. So she's taking her aggression out. I was like... No sympathy here. Stress, fear, whatever. Is she related to Elizabeth? I don't know, but like a lot of this, I'm like, damn, girl, are you sure? Okay. That's fine. Like, we know about Elizabeth. Well, this one, I guess, not. There's no bathing in the blood of the serfs or anything. (laughs) But here's a next terrible story about Daria. The first official complaint against Daria came in 19. Sorry, 1757. So only okay. a year after her husband died, Daya had erupted and started beating a pregnant woman named Anisha Gregorivia to the point where Anisha miscarried. Oh my god. And for a great example of hypocrisy, Daria also considered herself to be a pious woman. And once a year, she would go on a pilgrimage to see the sacred relics and the cathedrals of the Russian Orthodox Church. Okay. And Anisha wasn't looking too great after being beaten and miscarrying. Yeah. So Daria decided to call a priest to give Anisha her last rites. Oh, just like, oh, you're dead. So last rites. Let me get the priest in here because I'm religious. Anisha died before the priest arrived. But once the priest got there, he said, uh-uh, no, 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 no. Horrified by the state of Anisha's body, the priest refused to bury her without a police inspection. Thank you, Mr. Priest. Who could go and make a complaint to the police. Yeah, it's legitimate. Legitimately. He's a man of the cloth. Yeah. Right? So the police stopped by, picked up the body for a quote-unquote autopsy, and didn't actually do a goddamn thing. <laughs> Surprise? No. Nobody surprised. is surprised. Mm-mm. Anisha's husband filed a complaint with the police, which was quite a risk at the time. Sure. Again, serfs didn't have any legal rights. Dyer filed a counter-petition where she asked the police not to believe the husband's testimony, to punish him, and then to send him back to her. There might have probably sort of definitely was a bribe here, too. 
Okay. The police did as she asked, and then Daria exiled the husband, and he died soon after. Not surprised? No. But... He tried. Yeah. I mean, he really has no recourse, so, I mean, he put himself out there just to file the complaint. I mean, you feel for him. Poor dude. He lost his wife and his unborn child. Yeah, and then probably got treated like shit the police, got exiled, died. Oof. I'm sure his death was questionable as well. I mean, yeah, it's definitely possible. Daria usually killed women, but occasionally she'd turn on a man. (laughs) Okay. She liked to force another servant to begin the beating, and then she would sweep in and take over until the victim died. She really liked to exercise her authority and control, and so she sometimes would order her male serfs to beat their wives in front of her. Jesus, like BDSM. Yeah, but no consent. I know. (laughs) No safe words. No safe words. Like, ugh. The most vicious stories that got passed around were about how she'd once thrown boiling water on a peasant girl before beating her to death. Oh my god. And that she had lit another girl's hair on fire before throwing her down a staircase. Why? She mad? She's got issues. She's got issues. Daria, you got issues. Calm down. Yeah, this makes me think Aries. Sorry, Mom. (laughs) I was just like, right, this isn't Pisces. This wasn't happening in a vacuum. Stablemen and housemaids would repeatedly escape and go to the police, but all the police would do is bring them back to Daria, where she would beat, starve, and or exile them. To one stableman, Daria said, quote, You will not do anything to me. No matter how much you report or complain about me, the authorities will not do anything to me. They will not trade me for you. End quote. Well, okay. And then probably wouldn't because she was a nobleman and they were a serf. Yeah, and she had money. She had money because she also relied on bribes since she was Mm -hmm. very organized about it as well and kept a ledger recording the gifts that she sent to officials and other wealthy men like food, money, serfs. Documentation. Or whatever you need. My downfall as a killer is I would write it all down. (laughs) 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 hide that journal (laughs) uh one of these bribees was so accommodating that he would actually visit daria and counsel her on how to deal with the accusations that kept being made against her okay and as the stableman said quote had saltikova not been sheltered and helped by her protectors there would have been fewer beatings and deaths yeah that's fair Sometime after her husband died, Daria began an affair with her handsome neighbor, Captain Nikolai Andreevich Chechev. Okay. Ah, sorry, guys. We'll call him Captain. We are going to call him Captain, actually, yes. Okay. (laughs) It was not a well-kept secret, as all of their serfs knew about it, and it wasn't a love meant to last, as the couple broke up in 1762. Okay, so pretty... Short. Pretty sure. I'm not really sure when it started. Well, her husband died in 1756. So, yeah. Well, I mean, how do you have time to have a boyfriend if you're (laughs) beating and exiling and killing all your serfs? That might be why they broke up. You know, she didn't have time. Yeah, she wasn't focused on On the relationship. Mm-hmm. The captain moved on quickly, and Arya did not take well to the fact, <laughs> especially after she learned that this new woman was younger than she was, oh. and that the captain actually planned to marry this one. Oh. 
And was it a noble woman? It had to be a noble woman. Okay. Daria retaliated by making some homemade bombs. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, she makes gunpowder with sulfur and then tied them up into hemp cloth. DIY, Daria. I know. She just went right for it. She then told some of her serfs that they were to hide these bombs around the new woman's home and then lie in wait until the captain arrived. And then once the lovers were together inside the house, the serfs were instructed to set the house on fire. Oh, well, not bitter at all. No. This was a bit much for the serfs, and they refused. So Daria changed her plans. If her serfs didn't want to burn two people to death... (laughs) Why don't they lie in wait along the side of the road until a new couple drove by in their carriage and then leap out and beat them to death? Because that's better. It was still a no from the serfs. Okay, good. I don't think they actually told her directly no. They went to the captain and told him about all these revenge plots that Daria wanted them to act out. Okay. And the captain went to the police and filed an accusation against Daria. Which he's got more clout. And he's a real nobleman. Although, Daria wiggled out of this one too, though. She told the police, I don't know why I'm including this quote, just to make it harder on myself, but here we go. (laughs) I did not send the peasants, Roman Ivanov and Leonatiev, to set fire to the house of Miss Panutina, nor did I command the others to beat them. End quote. More Russian names. God, if I had a Russian accent, this would be so much better. Yeah, I don't know that I got one either. Whatever I try to do will be wrong. <laughs> Sarah's good with that stuff. Yeah. Sarah, we need, you need to you. clip in a, a Russian accent. I mean, I have more quotes. She could have a whole act out tonight. So she also was told the police that she wasn't hadn't been anywhere near the area when these supposed attacks were going to take place. Well, you said you're served. You didn't need to be there. She was sick in Moscow, and there was even a priest who had been tending to her. So she has her own witness. Thank you very much. But again, you sent other people. Like, you didn't need to be at that estate. Girl, anyway. (sighs) Daria ended up being brought down by the most unlikely of sources. One of her serfs. Ooh. Yermolai, alien, worked for Daria in her stables. He had been married three separate times to women who did not support being employed by Daria. Jesus. So these three women were Katerina, Theodosia, and Axenia. Daria was well aware that Yarmolai hated her, and she told him that he, if he ever attempted to report her, she would whip him to death herself. Okay. Yarmolai knew that she probably would. She's got a track history. But there's only so much a person can take. So. Three wives? Three wives... Dead. That was the limit. I don't even think he probably wasn't that old. He already went through three wives that were murdered by this woman that he had to still work for. Yeah. So in what would be considered an extremely reckless and desperate attempt, in April 1762, Yermolai and a fellow serf, Savely Martinov, went to St. Petersburg, carrying a letter that outlined all of Darius' cruelties which included the fact that Daria had killed more than 100 people in six years. Holy fuck. So she was too busy for a relationship. Normally, this would be a suicide mission for serfs, mm-hmm. but they felt there was a small glimmer of hope as Catherine the Great had just taken the throne and was eager to show the world a new Russia that was humane and enlightened. Okay. 
Uh, Definitely wasn't risk-free, though, as even Catherine the Great had published an imperial decree saying that if a serf tried to present a petition against his master, he would be whipped and transported to the mines of Nurkshink for life. I really made up that last pronunciation. (laughs) Okay. I wonder if it's, like, in Siberia. It has to be Siberia, I think. Yeah. Despite that decree, the petition that the serfs brought did make its way to Catherine the Great, and Daria wasn't able to beat Yerbalai to death because she knew that you should toe the line while Catherine looked in to this petition. Ooh, okay. It was the perfect time and the perfect case for Catherine the Great to follow up on. And so she really did want to sh- not just show the role. I think she really did want to make Russia a, a, better, a place. better place. But she wanted to show everyone that like, we're changing here. Having noble blood is not a anything goes type of situation. Dari, your ass is about mm-hmm. to be the mm-hmm. example. She did have a lot of aristocrats breathing down her neck, though. So this did have to be handled diplomatically. Okay. Because Daria was a noble woman, and the aristocrats wanted to make sure Catherine didn't set any precedents that she couldn't take back. Sure. Affecting the aristocracy. This list of accusations was so atrocious, though, that it couldn't be swept under the rug. And so it seems like it turned out to be a perfect test case. Okay. Because, I mean, you've got burning, you've got beating, you've got Attempted murder on a nobleman and a noblewoman. Yeah, by bombing. I know. Who makes their own bombs? I know. Uh, Jesus. Man, she figured that out without the internet, too. I know. Could you imagine? They have the anarchist cookbook back then. Hey, Google. (laughs) Hey, Google. How do I get back on my ex? (laughs) I wish I had a good Google voice. I know. I'm just like, let me make it my voice. Oh, not a big future of voice acting for me, unfortunately. No. Due to Catherine the Great's personal interest in this case, the investigation against Daria was incredibly methodical. Good. The investigators interviewed hundreds of witnesses in both Moscow and Troitskoya, and the witnesses were an investigator's dream. They remembered the names of the dead peasants and the dates on which they died, and they also corroborated each other's stories. Hell yeah, they did. They're like, let me get my notebook because I've this lost bitch? so many friends. Let me get this notebook. I can't read or write, but I have etched this down. <laughs> if there was the slightest shadow of a doubt, contradicting testimonies, questions about the witness's truthfulness or facts that could not be proven, the Justice Board would interpret that particular case in Daga's favor. So of the 138 deaths she was accused of... Daria said, quote, I do not know anything. I did not do anything. Deny, deny, deny. However, following all of the witness testimony, the Justice Board found her guilty of 38 murders and under suspicion of murder in 26 more cases, which I think is actually pretty high. Better than I expected. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, like they didn't hold back. Right, I was thinking like maybe one or two that they could like stick with but like let's give you 38 and we really 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 think you did these other 26 yeah and you probably did the other ones too but we are still a court yes uh however Catherine the great really wanted daria to confess and she wrote a number of letters about this concern Catherine wanted to be seen as a humanitarian leader and so she strongly disapproved of torture 
writing famously at one point, all punishments by which the human body might be maimed are barbarism. True. Yes. Uh, she wasn't above trying to scare a confession out of Darga, though. Ha! How do you do that? <laughs> writing, Tell me more. <laughs> writing to the Justice Board, quote, explain to Saltakova that the testimonies and facts of the case mean that official torture will have to be performed if, frankly, she does not confess her involvement in the crimes. Therefore, send her a priest and make him accompany and exhort her for a month. And if she does not repent, then prepare her for torture. Show her the torture chamber so that she knows what awaits her. Give her one Ooh. last chance for admission and repentance. Ooh. However. Interesting. Catherine knew that it would be far too risky and also deeply unpopular if she established a precedent where the members of the aristocracy could be tortured yeah, but or that's executed. Super disappointing. Oh. And so she was very clear in her letters that they were only to try to scare Narya, not to actually physically harm her, saying, quote, carefully observe that there be no unnecessary bloodshed. So she's got a babysitter that's making sure she's not continuing to kill people a bit she has a okay. she has like a time limit on her before they actually gave her her sentence they're gonna have that priest follow her around for a month okay which would annoy me daria you got 30 days bitch but perhaps daria could see through Catherine's threats that she never confessed to a thing yeah <laughs> Catherine announced her imperial verdict on october 2nd 1768 quote here is the decree we give to our senate having considered the report provided to us by the senate on the crimes committed by the inhumane widow daria the daughter of nicholas we have found that she does not deserve to be called a human being as she oh. is actually worse than most famous murderers extremely hard-hearted and cruel not able to curb her rage well, I now. really like that you don't deserve to be called a human being. Yeah. Mm. So, her sentence, first, Daria would be led to a scaffold in Moscow's Central Square, where she would hear Ooh. the Justice Board sentence, which was to be read without ever mentioning her name, effectively erasing her identity as a noblewoman. Oh, that's something. And I think that cuts to the heart of a noblewoman. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Then she would be locked underground for the rest of her life. Oh, fuck. <laughs> and Catherine sent invitations to all the noble houses demanding that they come and watch Daria's punishment. Okay. With the not-so-subtle threat implied there, warning the nobles that this was a new reign and that abuses of their powers could have real consequences. So Fight, check it out. Come, yeah. come watch this, bitches, because yeah, this is our this is my example. So this is scarier than like having the priest follow you around. Like this, Daria is the example to the oh, other yeah. noble people. Uh huh. Uh -huh. At noon on October eighteenth, Daria was brought outside and bound to a pole in the central square. A sign hung around her neck reading "The Tormentor and the Murderer," and she stood silently as her sentence was read aloud. She then spent 11 years in what was called a repentance chamber. <laughs> I, yeah, uh, which was an underground prison chamber that was only accessed by a nun and a custodian. And there was no light except a candle during the meals. So 11 years in darkness. Oh my god. Except her one excursion occurred every Sunday, where she was allowed to stand under a ventilation tunnel that led up to a local church so that she could hear the sermon. Please remember, she's very religious. Yeah. <laughs> 
1779, Dario is transferred to a chamber carved out of rock with a small barred window. Step up. Yeah. Children would sometimes peek through the window to see the famous murderess, and she would play her role well, growling and spitting at them. (gasps) (laughs) I mean, at this point, like, yeah, do that, girl. Right? She's got to be crazy, but like, like, legit, like, out of her mind after 11 years underground. Underground. Ugh. I'm giving myself one more Russian word. The (laughs) peasants took to calling her Salchika. Which was a nickname that meant something along the lines of a simple village woman, but it was really more of a tiny rebellion by the serfs, as aristocrats would never refer to each other by that kind of nickname. It was more of like a serf language, so it would be more degrading, but she already lost her name and everything, but the peasants got a little something. That might be a see you next Uh Tuesday kind of word. Yes, we haven't figured out the um, translation, but yeah. Yeah. A rumor also spread that she slept with one of her guards and gave birth to a child. But she would have been almost 50 by that point, so probably not. Uh, Laying in her imprisonment, a state counselor visited her, curious perhaps, to see if nobility could stay noble after decades underground. No. Yeah, no, I can't. As the counselor declared that, quote, all her movements now betrayed that she went mad. Uh, yeah. Yeah, she fucking did. You can't do 11 years in darkness. No. Daria was in prison for a total of 33 years until her Holy death fuck. on November 27th, 1801. November 27th, 1801. That's a long fucking time. At least 22 of those years was in the carved out rock chamber with the barred window, but still. She was already insane by then, I'm assuming. That 11 years in darkness underground, I think, would have, like, tipped the scale. One year in darkness underground. One month in darkness underground? I don't know. Like I would have napped for a while. Actually, I probably would have napped a lot. But pure darkness? I would have adapted my eyes. I don't know. You might be a cat then. (laughs) I was like, wait a minute. Yeah. Fucking rough. So, um, so she wasn't executed or physically tortured, but we found another way. That's psychological I guess Catherine um, really thought torture was only a physical thing. Nope, nope. You can psychologically torture someone, and that sounds like what you did, Catherine. That's why she was called the humanitarian despot, because, you know, she was a contradiction, you might say. Sure. Um, that's all I have. This is a short one. No, that's great. That was very interesting. It's fun, and now I want to go finish season two. Of Okay. Because I only watch like one episode a weekend or something. <laughs> sure. So I haven't finished yet, but um I'll have to check that out. I'm interested. It's good. It's like it's really entertaining. I find it funny. It has Elle Fanning in it as Catherine. Okay. Awesome. And Nicholas Holt as Peter. Yeah, it's fun. Cool. I love these historical cases. Me too. I love, I love hearing about some of the insanity from <laughs> then. And this is one of those things where, like, some of it, like the werewolf story I told, mm-hmm. that's probably a lot of bullshit. This one, I think, probably has documentation. Yeah, they've got to have the written they, complaints Because they really went into that investigation on her, too. Yeah. Because Catherine wanted this all above board. Yeah, if we were a better funded podcast, maybe we could reach out and do bigger research, but maybe we're someday. Not. Or we could work on our accents. Oh, let's do that instead. All right. Let me find a Russian word to say. 
Daria Sotkova. I was just going to go for vodka. Ah, vodka. Ah, yes. Da. Da, comrade. I do like vodka. I just made a shit ton of vodka sauce. Oh, like the pasta sauce? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tasty cake. Oh, God, it's good. But so much. I love that. Well, I would agree with your... This feels Aries. I really feel Aries energy in here. Having a mother who is an Aries. <laughs> Whew. <laughs> yeah. I feel Aries more than Pisces. I think Pisces are a little bit more dreamier and... They're not always so, like, overtly aggressive either. No. And an Aries is just louder, prouder, passionate. Very passionate and very outspoken. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like I feel a really big Aries energy here. Yeah, so. I do agree. Wow. This was Imperial Hazy Honeycrisp, just so our listeners know. Oh, it's an Imperial, like the court? I guess so. Like, I don't know. Can you see that? Yeah. Is it a cider? Yeah. I like ciders. I do. This one's 8.5 and I'm feeling it. <laughs> and I have my hazy little thing. Oh, we both have we hazy because mine says hazy. I know. It's like a hazy cider. I just yeah. had a really good uh, blackberry cider the other day. Ooh, where from? I want to say the Two Towers, but that's the Lord of the Rings. <laughs> I'm a big Lord of the Rings fan. Oh. And so we got a ring doorbell. <laughs> and its name is the Eye of Sauron. Yes. <laughs> oh, yes. That's the Lord of the Rings. Very good. I giggled to myself. Uh, my <laughs> husband just kind of rolls his eyes at me. But that's all right. <laughs> and then our Amazon Alexa thing or whatever, it's named Frodo. Oh. I do love Do the you get Lord. to yell, hey, Frodo, at it? No, I haven't figured oh. out how to change the settings. We just got it recently. I was like, I don't know how they work. I refuse to have one in my home. But you don't want someone listening to you. As if they're not already listening to me on I my know, fucking right? phone. <laughs> with the fucking ads I get. Oh, I know. <sighs> my husband and I were talking about something. What was it? Oh, my God. He was just telling me about it. It was... I want to say it was like had something to do with like lady time stuff. And then he started getting like <laughs> lady time ads or something. I can't remember, but it was really funny. And I was like, oh, that's just big brother. It's fine. Anywho's, I do have a little bit of astrology for the upcoming week. Valentine's Day. Yeah. So this episode is going to air on Valentine's Day. So happy Valentine's Day, listeners. And on Valentine's Day, which is Monday, February 14th, the sun in Sagittarius will be square with Neptune in Pisces. And normally squares are kind of like they have a negative connotation. But this one I thought sounded nice. <laughs> so this square is going to equal a lazy day. So you're not going to be productive, which I guess could be considered negative, but like any other day. For a mom who just wants a nap, like, it sounds amazing. So this is going to be a lazy day, so stay in bed if you can. Daydream, if you will. It's not going to be a day of productivity. It just isn't. And it's also Valentine's Day, so there you go. That's fine, too. 
And then also on Monday, February 14th, Mercury is going to re-enter Aquarius. And so this is going to be kind of an interesting energy. Aquarius isn't known to be the most romantic energy. Nah. And it's Valentine's Day, so let's just say that some of y'all will be ugly crying on your breakups. Ooh. But. I have good news for Thursday, but first, Wednesday, February (laughs) 16th, the full moon will be in Leo. Oh, yes. This is a good energy. Mm -hmm. It's a great energy. You rise from that breakup. Yes. And so on Wednesday, after your breakup, you are going to have this very expressive and dramatic energy. It's going to be a better day than Monday. And then on Thursday, February 17th, Jupiter and Pisces will be sextile with Uranus and Taurus. And this is a rare aspect, but this is an aspect that releases feelings of love and feelings of romance. And so you're going to be feeling very lovey. So that might be Thursday, February 17th might be a better day to make your Valentine's Day plans if you're busy because Mondays fucking suck. I know, it's a Monday. Also, yeah. Feel free to not celebrate Valentine's Day. It's not a real holiday. Do that as well. Don't get up okay with baby's breath in it. It's stupid. <laughs> uh. <laughs> I did ask for a gift for Valentine's Day. I asked for gravel. <laughs> it's so romantic. Because we still, I mean, it, I live in Washington. It's rainy. Yeah. We've had some, they call them atmospheric rivers. We've had some flooding. We've had some other stuff. So we've got like kind of muck muck going on <laughs> in our yard. Yeah. And so I asked for gravel to f- realign our driveway and then fill a couple holes that are up the road. Um, so that's what I really want for Valentine's Day is gravel. I think it's a pretty fair request for my husband. I mean, everyone husband. gets some perks out of that one too. Right? It's good. Gravel's a good gift. I don't really want the flowers or the... I just want a nice driveway to exit from and yeah, enter Yeah, that I have to. to use all the time. And then on this... Actually, there's a lot going on this I was next like, week. Jesus Christ. Okay. I know. I've got something for almost every day, <laughs> except for Tuesday, so fuck Tuesday. But on Friday, February 18th, the sun enters Pisces. Hi, Sarah. Oh, our Piscean is not even here. I know. And my daughter is also a Pisces. Oh, yeah. And I have a lot of other Pisces energy in my world. Too. But so the sun enters Pisces and this is going to be the time where you get your imagination flowing, your creativity's flowing, and there's a level of empathy that also comes with the sun entering Pisces. So it's going to be a fun month, I think. I'm not creative or imaginative most of the time, but I am empathetic. So we'll see how the sun in Pisces goes. I guess. But we'll probably also find you some Pisces murderers. Yeah, so we can switch. I think we did a couple Aquarius. I did Aries too early, but I was scrambling. (laughs) No, that's all right. I've got, I got to look at it. So I'm doing cases that are in states that we don't yet have listeners. And so I'm looking at a couple different options for next week. And I'm going to see if I can, maybe I'll pick by... If they're a Pisces oh, yeah. or not. That w- like, Sometimes I need search. help making a decision. Yes. 
Hannah has a very big list of <laughs> topics, and we will cover them all at some point. Ah. Uh. And at some point, I think we will do a big boy, but I really do enjoy these lesser known cases. I like these lesser knowns. I'm going to throw it out there. I am preparing Leopold and Loeb. Oh. Uh, So that was the trial of the decade of the 1920s. Yeah. And I'm also preparing my German serial killers during the time between the two world wars that feeds into Peter Curtin being a complete asshole. He's a pretty big boy. So, yeah. which is why I couldn't pull that out of my ass tonight. Uh, so I went with Daria. But she was interesting. She was very interesting. And I do I do have one little go back from, I think it was last week. It might have been the week before. But Hannah said, I accidentally read a book. <laughs> oh, yeah, I did. <laughs> I don't know if it made the cut for the audio. I don't think it did. <laughs> I don't think so. But Hannah says... I accidentally read a book, and that is, like, my goal for, like, the next year is to accidentally read a book because I never have time to do it. So that's uh, that's my goal. That was so behind the scenes because I accidentally read a book about Peter Curtin. Yeah. And I was like, I'm just going to do him. He's disgusting. But this was also a disgusting episode. Yeah. It kind of was. Come into the muck. Oh, and the Donner Party. I have a bunch of – Oh. And I have a – yeah. You've got a lot on yours. I think, is the Donner Party the one on, is that the one on the pass? Dan Love pass? No, Dilatov pass. Oh, that one. I love that one too, which I kind of want to do that one too. It would involve more Russian names. <laughs> I know, which is why you should do it. I would it's love such to an do interesting it. It's so case. good. I've definitely gone down so many rabbit holes for it. So Dilatov pass. I'm going to, I'll put that on there too. Yeah. I have a bunch of big boys simmering, but I need some tiny. I need some smaller boys to kind of fill in the deets. Script writing is hard, friends. So just so you're aware, if you have any suggestions for us of cases that you would like to hear, or some of these lesser known cases that may be in your hometown, I know. Do you have a Fresno murder? Because I have a Fresno murder to do too, but I had to read a book about him. We would love to hear from you on any suggestions that you might have that help us narrow down our search for cases for you guys. So hit us up. We're on Twitter at True Trine. We're on Instagram at True Crime Trine. We're on Facebook, TCT Podcast. Email us, truecrimetrine at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. And then check out our website, www.truecrimetrine.com. I have a Russian quote. Oh, yay. From Doyeski. I've never said his name out loud before, but you know, the author. Mm-hmm. He says, the Russian soul is a dark place. <laughs> I think you're right. And then I have this other one, just because you brought up vodka. Okay. I don't know who this person is, but I think he's an author. To pour out one's heart and not drink vodka at the same time? Well, that is inconceivable for a Russian soul. Okay, I love that. I didn't notice that they were both about souls, but... Yeah, I love that, though. Right? It's good. Get me shitty on vodka and I'll tell you my life story. <laughs> I'd probably do that on any booze, I know, to be honest, take just because... Much. I'm chatty. I like to talk. <laughs> it happens, but... Cool. All right. All right. Bye. Bye.
Music for our podcast was handcrafted by the talented and creative minds of Mike Warren and Pete Ortega. Our artwork was imagined and skillfully designed by the lovely Sarah Guest. As for production, well, they call me post-production. Show notes are available upon request. Just email truecrimetrine at gmail.com. Join us again next week for another tantalizing episode.